and welcome to The Breach, a Charlie Mike podcast. I'm Ty Braxton, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen in today. We're a group of Christians that discuss issues surrounding us today and how to build our faith and strengthen our walk with the Lord. We want to provide you with tools so that you can Charlie Mike. Charlie Mike is better understood as continue mission, and we want you to be able to Charlie Mike in your own mission field. Let's get started. All right, tonight we have Daniel, Jason, and myself, Ty. The topic tonight is battle fatigue, something we all experience at one point in our life or another. It can come from home. It can come from work. It can come from just trying to help other people out, not taking care of yourself. But we've actually all been experiencing this in Charlie Mike right now. We've got a lot going on with our church, our homes, our work, um, Charlie Mike, and We've also been trying to help some people that just need help. And we have had, you know, we've struggled trying to find time for ourselves just to, to take a time to rest. And when you don't find that rest, sometimes you neglect the other areas that need your attention because it's, it's, it's harder to prioritize if you're not thinking in the right mindset because you're so tired. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> it's a very easy easy thing to slip into when you don't even realize what's going on. Um, and I know personally it's easier for me to just press forward in whatever's going on and not really take care of myself. But this past, like, year since I moved back to Virginia, like, I, my whole mindset on, like, self-care is changing a lot. Like, mm -hmm. and not in, like, this, like hippie guru kind of way <laughs> you know i'm not here to sell you some crystals or anything but um no like it's just been more of an important thing in my life where like now i i understand maybe it's a it's a wisdom thing getting older and starting to see like oh i actually need to take care of my body because if i don't nobody else will you right. know but it's this the same is very true like in the spirit because you can be going through stuff where you're constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, you know, whether it be your, your family, your friends, your significant other, your wife, husband, whatever. And you don't even realize that you need to be filling that tank back up because you're pouring out of something. So you have a reservoir inside of you, but do you realize that it's emptying out? And unless you fill it, like you're going to be running dry and then you're running on fumes and then you're no good to anybody. Right. Yeah, so. mo and most of the times you don't you don't <clears throat> notice it until you go to do the stuff for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're you're running and running and doing other stuff for your family, for your church, for people to just like, hey man, could you help me do this? And you're like, you know, yeah, you know, let's do it, let's do it. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll help you. And then when it's like, oh, you know, it's got a task that you need to take care of a week ago. You go to do it. You're like, uh, you know, it's yeah, like, I'm, 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 I'm pooped. <laughs> Even if it's something fun, like, yeah, I've had moments from like, I'm gonna go fishing. I'm too tired. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like the one time you can get away. It's so easy it's to like, tell yourself even... no, than it is to tell someone else no. So it's like, right. Yeah. yeah, just put yourself down. Like, just, just stop, drop. Yeah, but that's not good sometimes. Right. I found myself. And, you know, I'm just being real. I found myself, when I do that, I catch myself. I'm like, you know what? Instead of, instead of you, you know, you doing what you did, like resting on the couch and doing stuff. Yeah, rest is good. I probably could have got energized if I just went and into prayer or soaked, 
you know, yeah. right. God's time. I, I was like, man, you probably could have done so much more. You know, you could have got energized. But it's after the fact that I just crashed. Well, a lot of people. <laughs> My human side came yeah. out and it's like, yeah, just crash. A yeah. lot of people will put that on the back burner. If right. they start to feel battle fatigue, they'll say, well, I got to go to work, so I don't have time to pray. Yeah. Or I have to spend time with, you know, family that doesn't go to my church so i'm gonna take a week off of church and go spend time with them because i haven't seen them in a month maybe or i mean but we we sometimes use battle fatigue as an excuse to neglect Mm -hmm. yeah some things that don't need to be neglected because we've given the attention to things that could have probably been put on the back burner right yeah like that's where the prioritizing comes in and you're like all right well i know i have to complete this at work and I need to complete it by this date because I have church on Sunday or mm-hmm. I have church on Wednesday and I need to probably go to bed at a certain time because in the morning I got to get up and, and pray. Yeah. So I've been guilty of that. I mean, sometimes I get into, you know, a project I'm working on for Charlie Mike and I look at my clock and it's like, Oh man, it's, it's 11 or 12 and I get up at five in the morning. So I find myself hitting that snooze sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Especially because I have to do it quick because if the baby's in our room nursing or something, I don't want to wake the baby up. (laughs) So I hit the snooze and then I'm like, I'll get up. And then I I wake up because the snooze alarm goes off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that guy where I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just hit the snooze and and then I'll get up. Because if you hit the snooze once, you'll hit it a second time and a third time yeah, and a fourth time. And I've neglected the time that I should have been up praying or working out or doing some other work because the kids aren't awake needing my attention. Yeah. Cause I homeschool too. It's like, I get up, have my prayer. I'll try to exercise. Sometimes that gets neglected because I'm like, Oh, the kids are up and I got a homeschool after I fix some breakfast. Mm. So it's, it's a, it's a juggling act oh, sometimes. Wow. Yeah. I bet. Even if you don't have kids. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're doing a lot with your family's business, Daniel. Yeah. Jason's, I mean, he's got family. You got kids graduating. You got your wife working hard. You're trying to help her out. You're at church. Charlie Mike, I mean, it's, yeah, there's a lot going on for everybody. And Charlie Mike guys are really feeling this right now. We, we don't even have some of the guys here right now because they're trying to fit things into their schedule. Yeah. And they've let us know before, you know, we started recording, like, hey, guys, I can't come because this is going on. We're like, thank you so much for telling me we can plan around this. And that's yeah. why we have six guys. So we can right. kind of, we can lean on each other yeah. because we know battle fatigue can set in. We've even had, you know, like Bob's even told us before. He's like, guys, I'm beat down. I have to have a break. And I'm like, you know, that was brave, you know, because guys want to take it all oh, yeah. on themselves. Oh, yeah. We're bad about that. Yeah. Like, I can handle it. I'm supposed to be the provider. I'm supposed to be the strong <laughs> person. I can do it all. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where you can actually do nothing. Yeah. Because yeah. you're so beat down. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is honest i was honestly thinking about this this morning um because of like where we're at in our company right now and we've just had like so many different jobs or potential jobs lining up where you know people need estimates they need quotes they need to know like what's going on what's with this and so i've been like busting my butt to like learn how to provide the services that people are asking for when you know i i know a good bit about construction. You know, I, I've been working as a laborer for years with my dad, different stuff. He's taught me like all kinds of, you know, craftsman 
ship qualities and you know anytime i was growing up and i was around him it was always like hey like help me come do this and even when i was like man dad i don't want to go do that he's like well, come here i got to show you how to do this and i'm so grateful for that because now it's put me in a position where i understand how things work yeah and i love to learn but anyway so i was thinking about this this morning was like where i'm in a place where i need to get more disciplined and I think that's one of the things that you have to recognize when battle fatigue is like setting in is is differentiating like what's important to you in your life right now, like the things that have to get done. And then the other things that are auxiliary that you can just put off onto the side that aren't as important because it's like getting back to the basics of what you need to get done, whether that's in your work, like what the most important role is in your job what the most beneficial thing to do in your in your household is, you know, those core structure fundamentals that you have to maintain in order to live at a quality of life where you don't feel super burnt out, but you feel incredibly effective. Yeah. And that's like what I was thinking about this morning. And I was like, man, I really do need to start planning out my days again. Like I used to when I was trained in ministry, like, we had to write out these Franklin plans of write out like what the most important thing is you need to get done. What is also important that would be great to get done today, but you could also do it done, uh, tomorrow. And then like we had like a subsection under that that was like, if you get this done, that's awesome, but it needs to be done this week. And then like below that was like goals for like the month of what you need to get done and stuff. So we had like four different categories, but every day you're constantly like slotting stuff out of one category, moving it into another or adding new stuff in. Yeah. But it kept you like accountable because you knew like, okay, this is what I got done, but this is what still needs to get done. And especially when you have like impromptu, like staff meetings or like impromptu stuff, like off the fly, like in your small business. Cause that's something that happens like for us all the time. It's like, Hey, uh, we got this guy that is interested in getting some concrete work done you know, we need to put to, together some numbers, go check out his, his his job site and see what he's got, you know, that type of thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, now I've got another thing added on my list. Where does it fall like yeah. in the ranking? So that was something I was thinking about this morning, just in, in the realm, just in a super practical, like physical form. You know, I know we're talking about, you know, spiritual battles, too, but a lot of times like what you do in the natural can position you in the mm. spirit yeah. in a in a better and a more functional form like yeah. you'll you'll feel more equipped spiritually because you've done things in the natural to prepare you for what God wants to put on your shoulders yeah you know they go hand in hand i mean yeah you have i mean especially like we as the men like to take on the responsibility of a lot of things we have to lead our families right so in order to show them what to do they need to look at us and see how to do that yeah and i think it's even more important to find that rest so that way we can be like you said earlier be effective yeah because you the more the longer you go the less effective you will be yes without if you don't have the rest mm -hmm. because I, I mean just think about there's an epidemic in america with sleep deprivation Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about just, oh, we have a lot of responsibilities. It starts when at a young age, mm -hmm. like with video games even. Definitely. Um, there's, it's like a, sleep is a biological blind spot. Okay. It's, we get our air, we get our food and we get our water. Um, 
but sometimes we forget like how important sleep is. Yeah. And the effects are the same. If you don't get to sleep, the effects are the same as being like high on drugs or being drunk. I mean, mm. you try to go a couple of days without sleep and go drive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's not going to end well. No. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I've, I've done it in the military when I had to drive from state to state or if I had to fly in somewhere and then drive somewhere else, traveling all over the place, training units or getting training. I can't tell you how many times I almost wrecked. <laughs> like, because I had to keep going. I had to get there. Yeah, right. And there have been times where I had to pull over and, and just take a nap for an hour mm. or just sit still for a minute and just recollect myself and <laughs> and just reset because, I mean, I, I could have hurt somebody. Yeah. So, and the same thing goes in our everyday lives. If you don't get to sleep, you could hurt, let's say, the mission of your job. Mm. Like, if the job says, "Hey, this is our this is our vision. This is the mission that needs to be accomplished." If you're not getting the rest you need, you might miss something. Yeah, because definitely. you're not you're not fully aware of what's going on because you're under the influence of not resting. Yeah, exactly. And we, we see it a lot of times, and especially with at a young age, uh, we see it with suicide. Mm. Um, like I've already said, uh, drug overdoses, like mm-hmm. we see it with, and uh, accident, car accidents, job performance, marriages, mm-hmm. because the spouse might think that, or or the spouse might straight out know that you're putting more time into whether it's work or entertainment rather than leading the family. They're staying up late instead of spending time with their family. Right. And, or, or, they're staying up late and the next day they're so tired they got to sleep instead of spending time with the family. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's a hard balance. But like you said earlier, it, these two things go hand in hand, physical and spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. It can neutralize us. If we don't get the sleep we need, it can neutralize us in spiritual warfare. Yeah, that's so good. Because like, like I said earlier, I mean, it's hard if I'm staying up late, it's hard to get up at the time. I know I'm supposed to get up because of my schedule and start my day with a prayer. Hmm. And and people, I've I've gotten into some discussions with people about, oh, why do you have to pray in the morning? I can pray at night or I can pray at lunch or I can pray. You can. I'm not saying that's bad. Me personally, I think it's important because I see David rising early in the morning. Why would you rise early in the morning to talk to God? Because it sets a precedence for that day. Yeah. I'm starting my day with God, so God has my day. That's good. But I'm not saying if if you're praying at night or praying at lunch or whatever, it's not saying that's wrong. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, you should. Yeah. But me personally, I like to start my day with God, so that way I can surrender that to him. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want it to be my day cuz obviously if it's my day, I'm not getting what I need to get accomplished and I'm not resting. Yeah. Because I'm trying to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And not, like you said, not to take it off on anybody else. Of If you pray in the night, you pray in the evening, it's it's fine. But if you don't start your day off, at least in prayer or God, then you're just fitting God into the rest of your day. That's true, too. Yeah, you know, you're exactly. Just, you're literally just saying, let me just put them somewhere in here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, that like I said, I mean, if, if you... I don't know. Well, some people work night shift or something. Say, like their their day might start at eight p.m. Let's say. 
Yeah. So if they get up and that's kind of kind of thinking more or less is not more of what time of day it is. It's more of a when your day starts. Yeah. That's that type of deal. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it, not that everybody does it, but you kind of say, and I've been guilty of it. So I'll, you know, I'll just put it out there. I've been guilty of it where I've woken up and I have, and I do the same as you. I'm more of a morning, morning, spend time with God first prayer type guy, you know, cause I know <laughs> that the rest of the day is going to get crazy. So I have a tendency of forgetting. Yeah. So I know I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll put this right here, right now. So he was, he was, he was my first thought, and then I'll take care of everything else. Yeah. But I've been guilty of missing it. Yeah. And I have seen my days. It's I've easy seen to compare. A, I, you can I've put seen a, a comparison of oh yeah of how my day goes if I didn't put God first and how if I did. Yeah. And, it, and it's not like a spiritual high thing to get get high, you know, a spiritual high of prayer and God. And then you go in today. It's more of a, I like the armor. I felt like I put my armor on. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's I felt good. like I that's literally good. put my armor on. Yeah. Well, so. That's, I mean, even if you take it to a, a super like carnal <laughs> like <laughs> realm, like for people that don't know how to pray, you know, and you're trying to figure out how to pray, like think about like people that like work out in the morning or yeah. whatever, like. Yeah. They're getting up every day to train their bodies to get to a place where they're stronger the next day than they were the day before. Yeah. Or they're yeah, they're good. better off like an Olympic athlete. They're constantly changing their regimen and trying to like see what they can do, what they can add in, what they can take away to make them the most effective at their sport. And it's the same thing when we do when we pray in the morning and we and we get before God. It's you're becoming comfortable in his presence. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it's not that we're doing it for this goal oriented relationship. It's not like it's something that has to be done to get it off of our to-do list. We're doing it more so that we can develop closer relationship with Holy spirit. And by doing that, we become more effective in warfare. Like you guys were talking about, like by doing that and you, I love that analogy, like putting on your armor and you just feel better. Like yeah. you just feel like, okay, I'm ready because I've done what I know I'm supposed to do. So that way, when whatever comes like during the day, you know, you're, you're covered like by the blood and by yeah. grace, like you're covered. It doesn't matter. You're good. But to be effective, you got to get that rest. Yeah. You yeah. got to get that rest. You got to fit that in because if you don't get the rest you need, it, it causes impaired judgment. I mean, that's just that's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. And I was reading the book that Bob Bob gave me uh, from Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. And it's funny he gave me that book because I have read some of his books when I was in the military on combat, on killing, some of the psychological things that can happen after you've experienced combat or just seen someone that was killed or something like that. But he gave me a book called uh, On Spiritual Combat. And I was like, oh, I know this author. This is awesome. Wow, it was like that's a so really, cool. really cool devotional. Mm. And um, he talked about sleep deprivation. And he said, this is Satan's attack that causes distraction and fragmented attention. Mm. And I was like, you know, that's so true because, if, I mean, if you're, and that's, this is spiritual, you know, yeah. right here. But think about it from the physical aspect. If you're tired, you're, I mean, your attention doesn't really know where to go. Yeah, no. Like you were talking about with those lists, you can see what you've got done, but you see what you can, what what else you need to accomplish. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the rest, you you don't know how to prioritize that. No. You just say, oh, I got a list, so I'm just going to do something on that list so I can put it in the other, you know, column. Yeah. So 
we have to be focused. And I mean, the scripture even says, uh, be vigilant, you know, I'm trying to find that. I thought I had that here. Oh, here it's first Peter five, eight says, be alert and sober minded. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And if you're not getting the rest you need physically, you can't be at the level God wants you to be spiritually. And you're an easy target for the devil. Yeah. You shouldn't pray because you have other things to do on this side of the, the list. This column right here, that stuff needs to get done. And you, you can't get some of that stuff done if you're spending time praying. Mm. In fact, you might need to stay up late tonight to get some of this stuff done. What does that do? The next morning you're tired. Yeah. And you might not have time, the devil will say, to pray. So the cycle begins. Yeah. That's why we have to be disciplined. And there's times where I feel stressed out when I'm working on something. And if it hits 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock and I'm like, you know what? (sighs) This has got to get done. Yeah. But... I would rather go get my rest, get up in the morning, have my prayer time, jump on that and do it well rested instead of doing it, you know, a halfway job. Definitely. Yeah. And staying up late and then feeling like I I, I can't pray in the morning because I'm so tired. Yeah. I got to jump on the next task, which will be halfway done because I didn't get the rest I should have got the night before. Right. So it you have to create a cycle. It's something that's it's very intentional. Yeah, definitely. And like the Bible talks about that there's new mercies every morning. Yeah. And like that's easily obtainable for any one of us, like because we've all been given access. We've all been given the same access to God. All we have to do is just submit and pray to him. All we have to do is just be like, God, like, Lord, I thank you for the new mercies this morning and I receive them right now before I step into my day. And even just saying like something like that puts you in a better position for the rest of your day than you ever would have been just trying to rely on your own strength in your flesh. And it's something so simple, but yet, like for me, that's one of the main areas that the enemy attacks me with in battle fatigue or when I start to experience the symptoms of battle fatigue is my prayer life. That's one of the first things the enemy is like, oh, well... Here, let me flood your head with a a laundry list of things that you know that you've got to get done. And let me try to make you think that there's not enough time to pray, not enough time to pray. And that's just honestly like it's so wrong and it's so false, but it's something that you have to train your mind to or not your mind. You have to train your spirit rather to push past the desires of your flesh. And that's something that's so hard to do. And it's so easier said than done. But when you start to walk in it in in prayer or walk in it in whatever area you want to extrapolate this and put it into in your life, whatever your struggle point is, if you start to do the small things and you start to make those small decisions, you know, like you'll start to see this trickle down effect where it'll snowball into a lifestyle of living in this way where you start to throw off your flesh like at every moment and you start to live in the spirit. And I think that's, that's one thing that can be kind of um, overwhelming as a, as a believer, especially as somebody who, you know, you're, you attend your church, but you might not be the pastor or you might not be the person that's leading you know, of movement or whatever, but you look at someone who's like a Sean Foyd or a Craig Rochelle or a Bishop T.D. Jakes or a Stephen Furtick or whoever, 
insert whatever pastor that you think has a large influence and you're kind of overwhelmed because you're you think that they live this lifestyle that seems unattainable but one of the things i loved um that i heard from craig rochelle and i might misquote this but this is kind of like a paraphrase of the quote that he has he said like for a long time because he has a leadership um yeah. podcast and he talks about like what success is and like how successful people become successful and they they become successful by conquering one small habit consistently mm. for a while before adding something else on mm. and they won't add a new thing on until they've conquered the the thing that they're trying to conquer in that moment for a con- amount of of time where they know that they've got it down and then they add on something new so it's it's easy to look at your spiritual walk and think about all the areas that you're missing out on, like, or that just don't meet up to your expectations. And part of that is because we've been kind of trained through sin consciousness, not by God, but through sin consciousness to believe that once you've missed it, like you have to start over again. You have to go back to the bottom of the ladder and that you've lost your position with God. You've lost everything in the kingdom and you've got to start all over again. Like it's a big game of Jenga, you know, and that's, that's literally not how it works. Like God doesn't see you as like, Oh man, now you got to build that whole tower again. No, like he destroyed the tower of Babel because they thought that they could raise themselves, elevate themselves up to God and reach him on their own. But, like, I loved his description about successful people because it makes it something super practical. Because if we take our prayer life, all we have to do is start every day, you know, start with 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and start incrementing your prayer life. And you'll start to see that progressing and progressing and progressing until it's to a point where you don't have to put a time limit on it. Like, you know, you have to be ready at this time to get out the door, to go to your job or whatever, but you'll reach a moment where you're spiritually more mature and you don't have to like have a pep talk with yourself to get you to read your Bible. Right. That's, you can't let pride get in the way. Yeah. Because you were talking about like Tower Babel, like straight up, they were trying to do it themselves. Yeah. They were trying to get higher themselves instead of letting God build them up. Mm-hmm. and have a relationship with them and in that book that i was telling you all about a lot of people will try to you know brag about stuff too like oh i'm able to do this or i'm able to do that and some people even brag i was guilty of this in college my freshman year in college oh i was horrible and i didn't even realize it until i read this book i was like oh i was that guy <laughs> like i was that guy that everybody did not want to listen to because i talked like this oh wow about how they would brag about how little sleep they got Oh, have you yeah. Ever, have you ever been around? Right. People? I mean, I was that guy in college. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I didn't get any sleep last night. I was up all night working on my paper. And everybody's like, who cares? You know, yeah. like, in their <laughs> minds, like, I know they're like, and like, so was I. Or, right. you know, but I would brag about that. Like, oh, yeah, I got like one hour. I got two hours of sleep the whole weekend, you know, that kind of thing. And <laughs> he says in this book, uh, Lieutenant Dave. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, he says, there's nothing tough or macho about going without sleep. Any 10-year-old girl at a slumber party can do it. <laughs> and I was like, that is so that's true. Good. Dang, that's and good. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that hurts so bad. Because it was a gut check, you know, because I was like, I was that guy. Yeah. And especially in the military, like, we had to do that. Like, it was one of those things sometimes where I remember, like, the first or second week we were in Iraq. 
on my first deployment, I was a private and we were relieving another unit, of course, like they were leaving, we were coming in to replace them. And there was one time, and I don't think we quite hit three full days. I think it was around 68 to 70 hours. We had to stay up straight. Dang. Because we were either helping them load up or we were going through training or we were going through the maps or we were going through missions or just helping them run security. Cause we had to run missions and run security on the five. So we would go on a mission. Sometimes we'd be out all day, have to come back and run like a eight hour or 12 hour Jeez. in a, in a guard tower. You're doing it now, man. Oh yeah. Am I? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it was horrible. Like it wasn't something to brag about. It yeah, was something yeah, yeah. like, Oh my God, oh, please yeah. let me yeah. go to sleep. Yeah. Like I'm so tired. You had no choice. <laughs> yeah. That, but that only happened like once. Yeah. And there were times where sometimes we, we would be up for maybe 40 hours or something, but that was just part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody did it. Right. Um, but after that 68, 70 hour period, dude, we like my whole squad, we crashed so hard for almost a whole day. Yeah. I believe because it. we were, we were really trying to help that unit. Yeah. yeah. Cause they were going home. So we were trying to help them take on, they needed rest. They needed it. Yeah. Because they had been going for nine to 12 months Jeez. in Iraq. And that's how long our deployments were, nine to 12 months. They were tired and we felt it when we got there. Like we got there, we were living among them and we were like, y'all are burnt out. Mm -hmm. Like help us and we can help you too at the same time. Like train us. Hey, we'll take some of your shifts. Hey, we'll take some of your missions. Hey, yeah. You know, and it was, it was nice to be able to do that for them, but man. It it hurt like yeah. it, like your body actually hurts yeah. when you get that tired. But I think it was funny. Jocko in one of his books, he was talking about going through buds training for the Navy SEALs, mm -hmm. and you know when that's that is hardcore training. I mean, some of the toughest guys in the world are going to ring that bell, yeah, oh, yeah, and because they can't handle it, yeah. And Jocko was talking about, you know, when you complete buds, you think you're hot stuff, you know, and you get to your unit and they're like, yeah, you know, you think you're all that because you just completed buds and the Navy SEAL commander's like, so, <laughs> like, we all did it. Yeah. And I was just, and it just, it's, it's uh, sobering. Yeah. Because especially after I read this little thing about the 10 year old, any 10 year old girl can do this. Little <laughs> I was like, I, it just, I felt so stupid. Yeah. Like, you know, because I was like, man, I was that guy. Yeah. But we can't we can't try to think that we're more than we are just because we're irresponsible. Yeah, that's it. With with the time we've been given. I mean, sometimes it, it comes with the job and sometimes it comes with the training, but sometimes it comes because we're we're irresponsible. Yeah. And we think we can handle it or we think it makes us tough. Mm -hmm. And you got to put it down so you can be more effective that effectiveness we were talking about the next day. Yeah. I, I heard uh, an IFBB pro bodybuilder one time, he was talking about um, a similar question that some, some like fan had for him. And they were like, so like, what's the best m way I can recover faster so I can get back in the gym the next day? Like what kind of protein do I need to be taking? Like, and it's funny because that's like what everybody's mind goes to yeah. is like supplements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And supplements are supposed to be supplementary like <laughs> to your nutrition. So yeah. like if you don't have the basic things, it doesn't matter what supplements yeah. you get on. Like your if your nutrition's out of whack, your your gains are going to suck. Like you're not going to be able to 
do what you want to do. And uh, he was talking about like the importance of sleep. And he was like, if you're not sleeping, it's like throwing out garbage bags full of Benjamins to pick up a handful of dollar bills, like trying to trying to supplement your way to get a better body or get a better lifestyle or get a better. And he was like, sleep is so vital. And that's the best recovery method. Like God gave us this is he didn't say this, but God gave us this you know, ability to sleep and our bodies will literally repair themselves yeah. in the middle of the night. If we just lay down and do nothing right. <laughs> like, and it'll burn calories. Like it'll, it, it works itself out, but, uh, it's just funny. Like you're, you're exactly right. When I was in a uh, ministry training, like, and it was kind of like a, a college type of, of program. Cause it was a bunch of like young, like adults that were like 18 to like 22, 23 ish. And everybody was always like bragging about, oh, yeah, well, uh, what's the longest trip you ever drove on? Yeah, I had 18 hours. Oh, yeah, I had like 23. And like it was so stupid, like the things that you would brag about to each other, like, yeah, one time I stayed up for 30, 38 hours. And it's like, well, why are we bragging about this? Like, oh, so we're all idiots. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. It's like, oh, so we're stupid is what we are. But. I mean, like sleep, it, it seems like such a small thing, but it, it's like super vital. Like these, there are so many things that if we just get off kilter a little bit, like it'll really mess us up later on in life. And it can yeah. shorten your lifespan yeah. by not sleeping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think it uh, one one scripture that I was thinking about when I was thinking about this topic was in Joshua 24:15 um we we sacrifice our sleep and rest and our effectiveness for a number of things. Um, it can be sometimes it's good things like hey, I'm going to sacrifice sleep cuz I want to do something nice in my relationship for my wife or for um you know if you're for a woman listening to your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know whatever. Um even even parents Sometimes it's because you're scrolling on social media. Yeah. Sometimes it's for work because you're trying to make an extra dollar because you think that will help with security because security might be something you're after. That's why you're sacrificing sleep. And they become gods. Like if you're sacrificing something to attain something, mm -hmm. I mean, it, what do you sacrifice to gods or idols? Yeah. Idols. Yeah. And, and, and here Joshua is talking to the Israelites because I mean, when they left Egypt, they, some of them, they, they took gods with them yeah. pretty much. Like and they, sometimes they built gods on the way there, like the golden calf, because they grew up in a culture where there were hundreds of gods. Yeah. It's just, it's, it still blows my mind that they see all these miracles and they're still willing to worship other gods. But he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. And he's pretty much saying, all right, so you know God's real, and you know you're making bad decisions with these other gods. If it seems undesirable to choose God, then, then choose the other idols and stop, you know, yeah. trying to say you're God's people. Yeah. Make a decision. Mm -hmm. You can't do both. That was that was the Israelites' mammon. It wasn't it wasn't like money even. Mm. It was 
that's where they found their security. Yeah. Because sometimes it was with the harvest, uh, a god of harvest, a god of sex, a god of uh, agriculture and uh, money, things like that. But uh, he continues, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. I'm going to stop there for a second. If if you've conquered, let's say, the Amorites here, why would you take on a god that couldn't protect the people you just conquered? Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense Mm-mm. to me. Like, oh, well, we just kicked your rear end. Oh, you were worshiping that, that god? That seems like a good idea. <laughs> like, yeah. we see how well he delivered. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All right. All right, so Joshua continues. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So there's a decision that has to be made. I mean, if you want to be effective for God, you need to sacrifice all the things you would lose sleep over. Yeah. Like instead of saying, I'm going to lose sleep over this job because I've got to, I've got to get promoted or get more clients or more listeners. Like we got the podcast. If we were trying to gain more listeners, I got to lose sleep because I got to do this. We have to sacrifice some of that. Yeah. So we can get the sleep we need for sure. So we can cut out Mm -hmm. that neglectfulness. Is that a word? Yeah. Where's that dictionary? I think so. Where is that? <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it sounded, it sounded right. But yeah, I mean, we gotta we gotta make a decision. Who are we gonna serve? In order to serve God, we gotta be well rested. Yeah. Because we need to be effective mm-hmm. in the physical realm. For people are gonna see us. Mm-hmm. We gotta lead our families. We got little eyes looking at us, and we need to. And we, and when we're and when we are well rested, we are way more effective on the job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And people see that. Mm-hmm. But we need to be able to give that time to God when we rise. Yeah. Yeah, I think all this boils down to kind of what we're talking about here is that better stewardship. Yes, that's what that's eliminates, what eliminates, you know, it eliminates battle fatigue. If you just double down on what you know is important, like got to get your rest gotta you know make sure you're eating and make sure you're not filling yourself full of garbage but you're actually eating whole foods and you're you know trying to you know be a good steward with the with the body that God's given you you know you're making sure that all your relational duties are taken care of whether that's with your your wife your husband your girlfriend whoever it is like making sure that the important things are staying afloat and you're consistently praying or consistently, you know, giving your all to God, like he's going to be able to take care of everything. Like you have to trust him as your provider. Like you didn't give yourself this life. He created you. He gave you life. And if he gave you life, like, don't you think he'll be able to sustain it? Don't you think he'll be able to give you what you need? And I think in battle fatigue, Specifically, a lot of the things that we go through are smoke and mirrors from the enemy. It's stuff wow. that like wouldn't normally trip us up or wouldn't normally like mess with us, but because the enemy has allowed us to get out of the routine that we normally get in, and maybe not even even the enemy, maybe it's just ourselves. You know, sometimes yeah. sometimes we give the devil too much credit, but sometimes ourselves we just get it get lazy. We get out of the habit of 
you know, of doing the the right things. And by doing that, you put yourself in a in a clouded mental space where you feel like you're further from God than you are. You feel like, you know, you're out of touch with, you know, these people that you look up to who are like spiritual giants, so to speak. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I've got everything so wrong in my life and I need to fix everything. Like, I think that's one of the biggest lies like that we can believe about ourselves is that we have so much to fix, so much to change and our expectations get higher and higher and higher every year. And yet our work, like what we actually do, that's effective towards getting to our goals becomes less and less and less and less because if you can make yourself believe that you're further from where you want to be, then eventually you'll get to a point where you're like, why even try? Like why even try to get there? Because I'm never, I'm not even close. Like I'm not like, why even try to pray? Like why even try to do this? Because I keep messing up so many times like it it doesn't even matter and that's such a lie like yeah it's such a lie that you tell yourself and that the enemy can tell you too he he's he nailed that man yeah but do you know what he said i I mean honestly we i could say this because this could be out after something that i've written that was oh yeah oh yeah yeah i remember that and he literally said you were gonna do that video yeah but the video could be out before this is actually out so you might have already seen it (laughs) (laughs) but you said in there like you said you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it you said that it's not really it's not really there like it wasn't Mm -hmm. it's not really and i'll go on i've got this little thing here i'm not gonna read it all because but um it literally in there i say that the arrows and bullets you thought were penetrating were only decoys of the enemy to steer you away from your call. Yeah. So there yeah. really wasn't, it wasn't any, it wasn't something like real. Yeah. It's just that you were so wore out that you felt like you were really getting attacked. Well, that's why you got to get You really were getting beat down when honestly you weren't he was just using it against you yes when you said that i was like dang he hit it he hit it (laughs) that's why you gotta get that rest so you can can discern better i mean you gotta have the understanding you gotta have the discernment and it's hard you're impaired judgment because you're not getting the rest you need yeah that smoking smoking mirrors is a perfect way to put it yeah yeah i mean that's what it is because i don't know about you guys but i have been such a jerk before to my girlfriend and like when we had an argument about something that was so so small and I took it a totally different way than what she actually said and then she was like telling me like wait why are you reacting this way like why are you like going off but because Mm -hmm. in my head I'm thinking oh my gosh this is going on and I'm tired you know I've been working or doing whatever it is I have my list of of excuses really for why I couldn't listen correctly and communicate and she she's like just confused because I just kind of like went off. And then later on, like maybe an hour or two later, I realized I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I was so stupid. I'm sorry I took it that way. Like I know now what you meant. And I kind of feel like that's how it is when you get to the other side of the battle that you're going through or the stuff that the enemy kind of like plagues you with constantly. When you finally get free of those things, you kind of have this like like 
hindsight's 2020 thing where you look back and you're like, dude, why was I even tripping on that? Yeah. Like, why was that even a thing? Like, that's such what, a small thing compared to like arguing about. Out. Yeah. What were we arguing about? Well, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I was gonna, I was gonna go there with you when you said it. The next thing I was gonna say is that you, you anger. Yeah. You're tired. Oh, yeah, man. Anger is like the key thing the enemy really wants. And it's usually your spouse. Yeah, right. Or somebody that's close to you. Yeah. And you will say stuff you don't, you're going to yeah. regret. Yeah. And you don't mean. And it's going to cause, you know, a ruckus. And it could last a while or it could lose a friendship. Yeah. Over that. Definitely. You know, and, and not to make a joke, but, you know, the sneakers, 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 Snickers com- commercials, you know. Yeah. Yeah, hungry, have a snicker. Yeah. <laughs> Tired, sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're going to say something you regret. Yeah. And I've been there plenty of times. Like, you know, I've just been in moments where I'm just, I don't want to be near people. Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm like, same. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm yeah. going to snap. And then I don't want to snap, but I just know that if I'm tired, I'm leaving myself open for one little thing for someone to say out of the way or I'll take it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And it could cause someone that I care about to be, you know, attention and hostility. Yeah. So I have to be aware when I'm tired. Yeah. And there's some things I can't get out of. Right. Like right, I'm right, tired. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta go here. Oh no. Be good, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like Jesus help me. Jesus. Especially when we go to church. You know, I'm yeah. tired, I go into church, you know, and I'm like I'm in the place of God, you know, and, you know, people, this is, there, there's no way I could, I could be angry at someone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I really have to tame myself. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time what I do is I'm quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm quiet. And it's just to protect myself and whoever that I'm yeah. like, well, I, mean, I poke And that, it's a I wrong way bear. to be. It's my fault. I've put myself in a position right. that I have to be that way. Like you said, yeah. you have to give yourself rest. And I've neglected that on those times. And I can only blame myself if something happens or if people think I'm I'm mad or something's wrong with me just because I'm keeping quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I heard um, the uh, evangelist I used to work for, Pastor Pat, um, he was telling me one time how he had a conversation with David Wilkerson. And he was the pastor of a church in Times Square uh, in New York for years and led like thousands of people to the Lord and was just an awesome man of God. And he asked him one time when uh, he was with him, he was like, Pastor, is it more important to pray before I preach or after I preach? Like what's, you know, it was like a, a just a simple question that he had like to ask. And, you know, it, he was such a general of the faith. He could have like looked at him and been like, why are you asking me this? You know, yeah. but he had enough like grace and like honor for him that he was like let me answer this and and basically what he told him and that's just something that i realized like after going to so many services and like being just in being in the church church culture is that when he said to him after you've preached you've given all your jesus away and not to say that we have this like like Jesus is sitting on the throne of our hearts and then we're like, all right, Jesus, I'm going to put you on display and preach. And then he just walks out for a while and then comes back, you know, when we're ready for him. That's not how that works, obviously. But you lose your Holy Spirit filter after you're in like a super intense like um, church service or when you're preaching or when you're like you're doing spiritual warfare and you don't realize it. Some people do. Some people don't. 
But when you're going through that intense thing, you after you're out of it, you've kind of like given your all to it. You've given your all to God. And so it makes it way more easy for you to be susceptible yeah. to like offense or like mm-hmm. anything like that. So like there's been times where honestly, like right after like uh, a prayer meeting or something like that, like me, me and Lauren, we used to get into arguments like on Wednesdays, like after, after a prayer meeting, like after intense warfare, like we're doing this thing and it's awesome. Yeah, like, dude, yep. and, th- and we're in a spiritual high but somebody, me or her, said something that the other one was like, wait, what? Like, yeah. what you talking about? Yes. And then, like, for the rest of the night, it was, like, this tension until, like, we squashed it. And then we finally got, got to a point where we recognized, like, this is happening intentionally. Yep. Like, yeah. this isn't yep. just, like, something that, like, we just need to be more cognizant of, like, when we're tired. Like, hey, like, let's, you know, let's just talk about good things of yeah. the day. Let's. Let's focus on those things that are lovely, those things that are pure, those things that are righteous. You know, not, let's not like try to pick a fight at nine thirty, you know, or whatever. You know, dude, Laura and me have been so tired, like both of us before, where we'll start arguing, <laughs> and and like thirty, like thirty minutes into the argument, she'll look at me. She's like. We are saying the same thing. <laughs> we are actually agreeing with each other, but we couldn't communicate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're arguing, but we're fighting about the same thing yeah. as the other one. Like we're actually agreeing with each other the whole time. It's just semantics. Laura will look at me at that point and she'll just be like, I'm done with you today. Like, and she'll just walk away because literally I, I'll just misunderstand her or she'll misunderstand me. Yeah. And we'll try to say this exact same thing in a different way. And it's just like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. But that's why it's important to have, because like you said, Jason, it's the first person you're, or the closest person you're with or the first person you come into contact with. Yes. That's the person that's going to get whatever. Yeah. Whatever you got storing up. You're right. You Definitely make sure you get some sleep before you get on the road. Yeah. Oh, definitely. yeah. Don't get in a car tired. Yeah. Nah. I say that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. I wish they never made that, horns. Yeah. I mean, that's the day where Satan just sends out all the stupid drivers. And <laughs> well, you, yeah. That is the day. That is the day. Yeah. No one wants to use their signals. You said everyone the, wants yeah. to go slow. <laughs> you were talking about the, the Snickers commercial earlier. Yeah. What was your favorite one? I know it's my favorite while, one. Man. My favorite one was the Betty White one when they're playing yeah. football. Yeah, like, Betty White's out there getting tackled, and they're like, "Dude, you just snickers. You're not playing like yourself." And yeah. Oh my gosh! You're like you're playing like Betty White. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Such great marketing. Yeah, that was that was like that was over. I think Doritos, because Doritos has some really good commercials. Well, see, that shows oh, she yeah. gets sleep, because look how old she is, like 150? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how old is she? I, mean, I don't know. She's, she's still kicking. She's, she's in her 90s. She's still she's doing so great. Yeah. But there was, a, that was a quote I had uh, from Breaking Busy uh, by Allie Worthington. And the quote was, Our life has gotten so cluttered up with things we think we should do, we can't figure out what we were meant to do. Setting boundaries in our lives is the only way to ensure we stay healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah. And I think that goes along with what you were saying earlier, Daniel, about stewardship. Yeah. All that time we've been given is, I mean, that's a gift. So obviously we have to steward it. Right. Because 
it's not really ours. I mean, we were put here for God. So what are we going to do with the time? And I mean, people forget that Jesus needed rest. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, how many times oh, yeah. he, where he was like, all right, I got to go walk away for a little bit. Yeah. And we have to do the same thing sometimes. I'm not talking about walk away in the middle of one of your fights. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. With your spouse. Yeah, that's that might. I mean, I, me, and, me and my wife, will walk into separate rooms just to stay away from each other for a oh, second, no. just so we don't say something we regret or so I don't get hit with a frying pan. <laughs> yeah. But it's, sometimes ball. it's for our physical safety. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Jesus needed to rest, and he, he would go by himself. Yeah, and, and and pray and and just rest and, bro, that's so how I am, dude. Like when I get to a point where I'm just exhausted, like I just want to sit in my room and not think about anybody or anything else. Yep. Like and like like people in my family make fun of me and stuff like that. Like because it was Memorial Day and you know we were we had off and. Um, we were talking about it and like the meaning of Memorial Day as a family and everything. And we had like a really great meal and it was awesome. But like most of the day, like I just stayed like locked away in my room, like away from everybody. Like just like, cause when it comes to like days off, like that's what I want to do. I oh, yeah. don't want to be doing a million things. I just want to zone in, get my rest, do what I need to do, nap a couple times. And then like <laughs> the rest of the week after that, like I am, I am hitting you know, the ground running, but I mean, there's, there's things that need to be done. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have our job, we have our responsibilities. We have jobs, we have families, we have all that stuff, Absolutely. but there are things that need to be, there are demons that need to be cast out. Yeah. There are people that need to be healed. There's a gospel that needs to be preached to people who've never even heard it before. Right. Um, but we need rest in order to do these things. Um, and I think, it was either Sean Smith or Krista Smith. They said, uh, this really hit home with me because they were talking about burnout fatigue. Yeah. That's what they, they called it, burnout fatigue. And you can get burnout fatigue from too much or too little of what gives you strength. Right? Oh, yeah. So, like, if you're working too hard, you can get burnout fatigue. For me, if I don't get enough done, I get – fatigue from being stressed like i'm like oh, oh yeah my gosh i didn't get in like those two columns oh yeah, oh, yeah there's a lot of stuff on that column with things that need to get done that did not get done and that yeah that wears on my body yeah it's like a morale thing almost i will um, oh it definitely is uh, t-mac yeah yeah um i was watching one of his videos uh his university uh videos and he uh he was talking about how he uh Somebody asked him, like, like, you seem like you 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 got a plan. How do you make that work without, you know, worrying about you're going to get it all done? He says, <clears throat> for one, he says he has whiteboards in, a, like, each room in his house. <laughs> each time he has, like, and he has priorities. Like, this is the top priority. This is the next. Then the next, you know, he puts them in order. And he says, somebody said, what if you don't get it all done the next, you know, by the end of the time, day or something? He says, that, that. Um, task will just roll over to the next day. He said, because I don't worry about that task that isn't done and put more stress on myself. He says, that task is not done, rolls over to the next day. Yeah. And I'll take care of it then. And he said, and then if there's more at the end of that day that hasn't been done, they'll roll over. He says, I will not dwell on the tasks I haven't taken care of. I'll just push them over 
and they'll get done then. Push them over, and they'll get done then. Yeah. So I don't have I have That's a awesome. bad problem with that. Though. I do you know, too. I think like, yeah. I think every that is man awesome. does, awesome. but he's he's intentional with it. He probably oh, has yeah. a he probably has a problem with that too. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's That's having why he to it. do it exactly because yeah. we just want to get it all done. We want to get it done good, and we we want to be able to help everybody because we're doing a good job. And yeah, if we don't, we feel bad. But when you get to that point, that burnout, yeah, that battle fatigue. You have to be super intentional, and as leaders, we have to recognize that. Yeah, yeah. And others, um, in World War II, there was a big problem with. Um, it might not look like a problem, but it was a problem because soldiers didn't want to be relieved. A lot of times, they know they needed it. They wish they had it, but they didn't want to abandon. They felt like they were abandoning their brothers if they were sent, like either home or sent to the rear to get rest. Like, my guys aren't getting rest. Well, I'm not getting rest. I'm going to stay with my guys. Now, obviously, they couldn't send the entire unit to go get rest. Otherwise, there's no one. No one to watch. Exactly. Yeah. There's nobody on the line. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but some of the leaders started realizing that in order to get these soldiers rest, they would say, hey, I got a piece of intelligence that needs to be delivered back at the rear. Mm. You and a battle buddy go take this to the to the rear. They would deliver it and then, like, I mean, it could be a meaningless message. Sometimes it was intelligence that was actually needed to be delivered. Yeah. But instead of sending, like, the person who normally does that, they'd send two guys to deliver the message. And then after they delivered it, they had to wait for, like, a day or two Ah, for a response. Nice. To be sent back. Or if it was like, um, hey, this person's hurt. I need you to take this person to the medical, you know, spot or whatever. And they would... They would help them back. They they were given a small task. It that was the only way they could get the soldier to comply with rest. Because they they didn't want and sometimes we feel that way here. Yeah. Like we feel like we're letting somebody down if we don't get something done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um we gotta have the rest. I mean, if Jesus needed rest, we need rest too. Yeah. I mean, when you look at um Cortisol, like your body. Oh, yeah. It produces stress hormone when you're in stressful situations. And basically what this stress hormone is designed to do is it releases glucose and other um, other things in your body so that your body can take those things and use them as energy. It releases, it basically opens up the energy sources in your body, like when you have excess glycogen and other things like that, to, for your body to use it. But when people live in cortisol um, overloads all the time where they don't have like a natural reset by not getting enough sleep, by getting out of stressful situations or understanding how to control your emotions where your body – because your body literally does release certain certain hormones based upon – like if you're angry, if you're happy, if you're sad, you know. And when you release cortisol all the time, you get into this – very unhealthy state physically Mm -hmm. like your body starts to break down like your organs don't function the way they're supposed to because your body's in this place where it feels like it's supposed to use the storage um but it's not what it's actually doing is putting on more fat in your body yeah because it's making your body think that you're starving and that your body is like in this like oh my gosh survival mode so when you get into cortisol like when you have too much of it when you have an overload of it 
like it can be detrimental to your health and it actually puts you in a place where your immune system becomes compromised. You become open to sickness. You become open to all kinds of bacterial things, allergens, stuff like that. I, I honestly, like, this is what I personally believe. Like, I kind of believe this is why, like, certain people develop allergies, like, later on in yeah. life and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it makes sense. Like, we're adults. Like, as you become an adult, more responsibility gets put on your shoulders. Oh, yeah. And maybe you got married. Oh, now you have a wife. Now you have to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of the household, that you're doing, you know, your husband duties or your wifely duties if you're married and you're a woman, you're listening to this. And there's just so much in life. Like the older we get, the longer we live, there's always going to be more getting put on our shoulders. But we have to decide like how we are going to live our lives and not allow our lives to dictate how we're supposed to live. And that's honestly, we live in this kind of like, reactionary state so often with the circumstances that we're in that we don't feel fulfilled in life. We don't feel happy. Like we don't feel joyful. Like when God's called us to be joyful people, yeah. he said that, you know, his joy shall be your strength. Well, how can his joy be my strength if I don't have a reserve of joy built up on the inside of me because I'm full of the Holy ghost because I've fully accepted him and because I'm fully relying upon him and not thinking that I have to wrestle my destiny in my bare hands and demand that it do what I will it to do. Like, it, you're not going to get there. You're not going to, yeah. like, the world loves to talk about the grind, but you will literally grind yourself to death. Like, yeah, man. That's <laughs> you, so good. you will put yourself through the grinder. And you will come out as dust on the other side. Like, you're not going to be productive. Like hamburger meat. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to be worth anything to your family, to your friends, to the business you work for, to the church, the church, yeah. <laughs> to God, to anything if you if you live in that state. And I know, like, we're talking about this, and like we, like we talked about before, like, it's easy to talk about the fight when you're not in the fight. Like, it's easy to you know, pinpoint like different issues, different things that are going on. And we're sitting here having an in-depth conversation about this. And it's easier for us to pick out these things that we notice in society. But these are things that if you will just make it, uh, make it up in your mind that every day that you live, that you're, you should be getting closer to your goals. Oh, yeah. And that's not to distract you that's not to put you off. That's not to put you in a place where you're so stressed out. Like you, you just have to see it through God's eyes. Like he put us on this earth to take dominion. Yeah. He gave us authority over all creatures, over angels. Like he made us a little lower than himself. And yet we live like we're so less than because of the things that are happening around us that we can't control. Well, maybe we need to take it out of our hands and give it back to him because yeah. he is the creator and he has it all. Like he has literally formed us in our mother's womb for such a time as this. You didn't get to decide when you were born, but now you are born. Now you are here living. Like, what are you doing with your time? We should be productive. We should. I, I believe Christians should be the most successful people in the world. Because we have Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> we have Yahweh on our side. Like it's it's not like the world 
who seek after posturing, who seek after stepping on other people and trying to just grind their way to the top. Like we don't have to do all that. Like when we submit to God, when we give him everything, when we tithe, when we give over and above, when we do these principles that we see in the Bible, all of a sudden we find that our lives are more full. All yeah. of a sudden we we find that we're full of joy. All of a sudden we find ourselves Oh, wait, wait a second. I was in battle fatigue, but now I see more clearly what's happening in my situation because I'm seated in heavenly places alongside Christ Jesus, looking down on my circumstance, not being encompassed and surrounded by it. You don't have to climb the ladder because once you once you are surrounded or filled with God, you're elevated. Yeah. There's no climbing to it. So you yeah. can skip the ladder. Because you're already elevated above the situations. Exactly. That was good, Daniel. Man, you hit on so many yeah, things. Like, yeah, that's what I said. He was going so fast, too, that I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go listen to this podcast <laughs> to, to even reply to my, like, my next thought. The next podcast is going to reply to <laughs> your yeah. Yeah, like, remember, remember last week? I had Sorry, a response. I took it too long. Oh, it, no, no, it, was no. just, it was like so, there were so, so many. much good yeah. stuff that, that I was, was like, was good. Oh, ooh, I got a thought from that. Ooh, oh, no, I can't, oh, I can't <laughs> keep up. I guess I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> no, but... I, you were hitting on joy. Yeah. And I, I was reading the scripture here, Mark 4, 35 through 40. It's talking about Jesus having, he was preaching and his disciples said, you know, let's go to the other side. And so they left the crowd and they got in a boat. There were also other boats with him and a furious storm came up and the waves started breaking over the boat. Right. I mean, and remember Jesus got done working really hard yeah with the crowd and so jesus was sleeping during the storm because he knew he needed to rest mm -hmm. even though the storm was going on so that means the disciples should have probably been doing the same thing because they put in hard work to help him mm. but instead they woke him up because <laughs> they were freaking out yeah and <laughs> And not only were they freaking out and not doing what Jesus was doing, resting, they were questioning Jesus. Like, do you not care about us? Why are you sleeping? Like, yeah. don't you care if we drown? <laughs> and I feel like we feel like we're drowning sometimes. Yeah. Instead of having the joy and getting the rest we need. And of course, he got up and he was like quiet and would probably went back to sleep. You know, it's like, Where, <laughs> yeah. you know, where's your faith? You know, that's pretty much what he was asking. And I feel like we need to ask ourselves that sometimes. Yeah. When we start feeling our joy slip away, ask, you know, hey, where's my faith at? Right. Yeah. Is it in this what I'm what I'm losing sleep over or what I'm um, rest not getting rest from? Is that where my faith is? Is that why I'm losing sleep? Because my faith is in that. Like I need that more, yeah, than God, right? And I was thinking when you started talking about joy, this came to me. It said what I wrote down: <laughs> <laughs> the devil wants to turn your joy into fear or unhappiness. Yeah, um, the best way to do that is for us to sacrifice our quality for quantity. Yeah, so. I feel like a lot of times if, like, if I stay up a little later, I can put out some more work. But the quality's 
I mean, it's not as good yeah. as when you're rested because your effectiveness. Um, so if he can distract us from the power of God, he'll do that with our ineffectiveness. So like the disciples were, I mean, obviously they were not effective during the storm. Right. Yeah. So they were distracted. Like they weren't saying, they weren't like, Hey, I got faith. This storm is not going to take us down. We have Jesus on our side here. I mean, he is right here on the boat with us, so we're not going to drown. Right. No, the devil distracted them. So they they didn't get the rest. They could have laid down and got the rest, but instead of resting, they stayed up freaking out. Mm. And being, you know, I'm sure they were, um, they had impaired judgment because they were tired. Mm -hmm. So they were focused on, on not putting out the quality faith. Yeah. Yeah, they were living like subpar. Yeah, they had the quantity because they were there with Jesus. Hey, you know, Jesus is here. I'm going to follow Jesus. I mean, how many Christians does that sound like? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm here. <laughs> Put a little check mark next to my name. But they weren't putting out the quality. Yeah, I mean, your your proximity doesn't necessarily define your relationship. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's one of those things that, like, you can't necessarily think that you're you're being effective in the kingdom just because you are going to church or because you are experiencing the normal Christian, you know, lifestyle yeah. and everything. Um, one of the things, something you said in there a moment ago, uh, piqued this thought that I had from something I heard from an entrepreneur and um, his name's uh, Grant Cardone. He's like really well known and he does these like huge 10x conferences and everything. He's a super worldly guy, but he's like super brilliant when it yeah. comes to business and stuff. And I, I really admire the way he has this outlook on business and life. And one of the things that he's that he was talking about in this video I watched was the reason why people start resenting their clients mm -hmm. is because they're too dependent upon them. He was like, when mm -hmm. you start feeling resentment towards uh, employees because of the lack of their performance, it's because you're too dependent upon their performance to get you to where your company needs to be. Mm -hmm. So he was talking about breaking that mold of being dependent upon them. He was like, it, it just, what it really shows is it hones back in on the leader the fact that they're not doing their job more effectively to get more clients or to get the better deals or to get involved with the right people or to hire the right ones so that they aren't resentful towards them. He, he was saying it's actually showing a flaw in your armor because what you have built up or what you have set up is not sufficient enough to carry you to the next thing. And I think that's one of the things that the enemy gets us resentful towards our circumstances or resentful towards, you know, maybe our spouse or to our family and all these things like God gave us them. God, God put us in places of leadership to lead. And maybe the reason why, you know, we're getting resentful or we're getting, you know, delirious in our battle fatigue is because we're too dependent upon our flesh to be fulfilled by the things that are surrounding us. Yeah instead of being dependent upon God as our provider. Yeah. And I think that's something that is is easy to get lost in, wanting your sensations, your feelings, 
all of these things that, you know, we talk about, we have needs that need to be met, you know, in society nowadays, like we live in a, in, in a world where it's so emotionally driven and so, you know, politically correct that everybody's conscience has to be soothed and everybody has to be petted at the same table. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all have to have the same, you know, goals and dreams and everybody has to feel important. And some of that, there is a, a note of something beautiful in that we all deserve the same ability to be successful in yeah. life. We do. God gave us freedoms in this world and we should take a hold of them and run with them. But we shouldn't be so dependent upon the lifestyle around us that we forget about God, our creator. Yeah. And I think that is, again, one of those things you have to figure out when you're in a place where you feel battle fatigue, what is important? Well, first off, God is important. I need to make sure, okay, if I'm feeling slippery, if I'm feeling like something's, something's messed up here, where do I need to look first? My prayer life. I need to look, am I reading enough? Am I spending enough time with God? Am I sleeping? Am I eating right? Like there's a list of things you can go through. And once you start seeing, oh no, I missed that. Or no, I missed this here. What you thought you were actually missing out on that was a small thing. You'll actually realize there's a whole bunch of things that you messed up on or didn't hit or didn't accomplish that you normally would because you got off on one thing and then it made a snowball. It all comes down to ownership, honestly. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've mentioned Jocko earlier, and actually, I think he says this in all of his books. <laughs> but Extreme Ownership was the book I was reading again the other day. It's such a good book. Oh yeah, and he talks about there's no bad teams, there's only bad leaders. Wow. And you know, because I mean, leaders, I mean, the team depends mm -hmm. on the leaders. Yeah. I mean, the way you lead, if if something bad happens. You should have done a better job as a leader, either communicating yeah. or, you know, asking if they need help, getting the correct resources, yeah, you know, supply and support the team that you have under you. And communication is key, but you got to plan for these things. Like you were talking about how was the T-Mac had all the boards around. I mean, the fact that he set himself up, he took ownership of a flaw that he probably saw in himself. And he said, all right, I know I have this flaw. This is what I'm going to do about it. He took ownership. And I'm sure it didn't work out the first couple days he did it. You know, it's hard to, to leave things on the whiteboard. Yeah. But after being, and you said this earlier, Daniel, consistency, that is a big word in, in the disciplined lifestyle. He stayed consistent with it, and now it's part of his lifestyle, right? which makes him effective because he stayed with it. Quality over quantity. Yeah. It's it's staying focused on the vision yeah. without getting messed up in the day-to-day, -day, not getting like hyper-focused on all the little things that happen. You have to keep the bigger picture in mind. But in order to have that, you have to have rest. Yeah. 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 You cannot let battle fatigue cloud your judgment. And then you'll end up in the fog of war, which we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah. You have that impaired judgment, you're not going to be able to make the right decisions. Right. You're not going to be able to prioritize. You're not going to be able to be the person you need to be for those around you. And yeah. It could be your team. It could be your family. It could be It could be literally anybody. Yeah. It could be the person that's checking you out at the grocery store that might need you that day. Right. And if you're not 
of clear mind with a sound mind. Yeah. Because you weren't vigilant for what the enemies put in front of you, which could be smoke and mirrors, which Yeah. That was that when you said smoke and mirrors, man, it was just like that is that was that fog of war, man. The, oh, I mean, the yeah. devil wants to put you in a spot where you don't know what to do. Yeah. That's I mean, that's just why we have takes to your faith. Be sober, be vigilant, you know. Yeah. The enemy, our adversary, seeks to pounce on us like a roaring lion, you know, seeking whom he can devour. And, you know, you were talking about T Mac putting up those whiteboards and stuff, and it reminded me of Habakkuk 2 2. You know, uh, he said, The Lord answered me, he said, Write down the vision, write it clearly, plainly, on clay, on clay tablets, so whoever reads it can run to tell others. Hmm. And hmm. that's. That's something that like was poured into me hardcore when I was in like ministry training was that, you know, you got to have a vision. You got to. And if you don't have one, pray and ask God like it it shouldn't be something that you solely base off of your flesh and your own dreams and your desires and everything like that. Otherwise, it's just a dream. But if it's a vision, it's something that's God given. It's God birth. And if God gave it to you, he will fulfill it. I saw um, Jenny Weaver. She's like a worship leader um, for Christ for the Nations Church, which is now, or Christ for the Nations is now starting their own church. So I think it's going to be called Nations Church. Hmm. Anyway, it's in Orlando. And this is the same ministry that Reinhard Bunke had before he passed on, um, who was an evangelist to millions of people. Saw, I think it's 79 million People come to Christ, like registered salvations. That was a part of his lineage, and he passed it on down to Daniel Kalinda. And now Jenny Weaver is going to be working as their worship leader for this church. And she posted um, something today that I I had to share on my story because it was so, like, fitting for where I'm at right this second. And she said, the same God who gave you the business idea will give you the clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, that's like it was something so simple and so small. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that's so true. And if you, all you have to do is focus on the things that God's promised you and keep commanding those things to happen. Keep praying into those things. Pray into your prophetic words. Don't just let them sit idle by. My family, we have like a whole folder full of all these different prophetic words that either some prophet, some evangelist or pastor um, Vanny or Apostle Kerry spoke over them or whatever. And when times get tough, literally they'll pull out that folder and they'll be like, God, you called us to be kingdom financiers. We know this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, literally we've done that like so many times the past few weeks. Like they'll bring out something and they'll be like, this is what God said. We're claiming this. We're tithers. We're givers. We're doing this. And because of it, every time we turn around when it seems like, you know, okay, what are we going to do? We've got employees. We've got people that need to be fed, you know? Yeah. Like, we literally don't know what tomorrow's job's going to be like. And then their phone will get a call, will get a message, and be like, hey, we need you to come over tomorrow and do all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> awesome. You know, we're so excited to come help you and, you know, come build that for you. Come help you out with that project or whatever. And that's not like something that's glamorous at all. And it's not something that the world would understand or want to know or, or want to experience, but that's, that's what living by faith looks like. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't have the provision before you really need it. And that's not a fun place to live in, 
But when you get used to depending on God and when you get used to being a good steward with what he's given you, you learn to look to Jehovah Jireh as your provider and not to look to the circumstance to change, not to look for, you know, money to come in from the mail or not all these other things that people focus on or people desire and all these worldly expectations. When you have your relationship with him right, everything else lines up. Yeah. We were getting frustrated. Me and Jason were talking. I was like, man, why don't we have more listeners? Or... And today we heard about two more people that love the podcast. Yeah. 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 You had someone come up to you in church. I called one of my soldiers because I wanted to check in on him. It was his birthday, and I wanted to see if he'd like to be a guest. Um, And he was like, oh, yeah, man, I listen to your podcast. It's, it's awesome. You you and the guys are really nailing some That's topics really that cool. need to be addressed. And I was just like. Why didn't you say something, man? You know, like, <laughs> I could have so used funny. that like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> but um, That's funny. I want to go ahead and close it off with this scripture. Uh, Proverbs 3.21 says, Do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. We've, I mean, we've talked about that with the whiteboards and, yeah. the, and the clay tablets. And then it ends with preserve sound judgment and discretion. And the key word there, I think, is preserve. It takes, it's intentional. It takes effort. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you'll, you'll preserve sound judgment and discretion. And I think rest has to accompany that. Amen. That's good. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ and are ready to come to God, we at Charlie Mike would like to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But first, we want to be clear. Praying a sinner's prayer is not a ticket into heaven. These are not magic words. You must follow Christ and live for him. You cannot receive salvation by your own merits, but by what Jesus has already done. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit to be filled and experience what God has for you. You will not live the same life and you won't be able to keep Jesus to yourself if you become a Christ follower. 1 John 2, 4 tells us that, the one who says, I have come to know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar. Those commandments are to love God and to love others. If you love God, you will follow him. And if you truly love others, you will want others to experience God and give their lives to him as well. So if you are ready to pray, pray this, God, I ask for forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for me and nothing I have done wrong is too great for the power of his blood that was shed for me. I am ready to forsake the world and live a changed life because I realize how much you love me. I love you and am ready to live for you. If you made the decision to surrender yourself to God and follow Jesus, I encourage you to spend time daily with him in prayer, reading his word and worshiping him for who he is. Much will be revealed to you in this time with him. Be a part of a community of believers who grow in the fullness of God's word and join a church that does the same. Get involved and stay accountable with each other. Also, please let us know that you made this decision by emailing us at charliemike.me at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash charliemikeinternational.